Welcome to Ellie Elia Radio. I'm Ellie Elia, and this episode is all about fear. I am asking three African-American women, how did you become so fearless? So stay tuned. You're going to hear from LaShawn and how she overcame her fear of promoting herself and being in the spotlight to create an Instagram page with over 16,000 people. How do you overcome that? How do you overcome the discomfort of success? I struggle. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You're going to hear from Tatiana Marie, a young serial entrepreneur who started her very first business at the age of 15. She is such an inspiration, and she is on our new segment called In Her Bag, which highlights local entrepreneurs and their business. Because you could start at any age. How old are you? I'm 21 currently. And how long have you been doing this? Since I was about 15, 16 years That's old. amazing. I don't know anybody who starts their dreams at 16 years old. I am so proud of you already. And lastly, you're going to hear from Ashley. She is a best-selling author, among many, many other things, who is going to tell you about her chapter in her new book, Dear Fear, and why fear is not allowed to have her power. You know, whatever you're going through in life, just understand that when you get close to your blessings, that distractions will come. But you got to stay focused. You got to stay strong. But you can, you can pass that test. You know? Mm hmm. Yes. As yes. you elevate, as you elevate, new levels bring new devils. Mm. Say again. LEO Your Radio is dedicated to inspiring entrepreneurs to take action and pursue their dreams. We interview real entrepreneurs and we ask them the tough questions so that you can get a behind the scenes look of what it really takes to build your own empire. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be inspired, and you're guaranteed to learn something new. It's Elielia Radio. I'm Elielia, and we are here to continue our discussion on fear. So what happens once you leave your comfort zone? Who do you confide in? Who do you talk to? Who do you call when you have business questions or you're tired or unmotivated? Do you have that type of support group? What if I told you that there are over 16,000 people that you can connect with right now on Instagram who can be a part of your support group? Meet LaShawn, the creator of the networking platform at Black Women Hustle. That's B-L-K Women Hustle. She started building this ultimate networking platform designed to unite Black women across the globe in February. She picked it back up in June, and since then, she has been able to gain over 16,000 followers. So here's LaShawn to talk about how she overcame fear to do it. Okay, so tell us about Black Women Hustle. Like, how did this get started? What was your idea behind it? Um, Just tell us everything that you can. So Black Women Hustle is the newest networking platform for Black women, and it is a space where Black women can connect with others globally um, to find resources, jobs, events, opportunities for sponsorships, if they're whether they're promoting or trying to find some um, opportunities as far as um, funding, business funding, um, lots of pitch competition, just anything. And then we just celebrate the everyday black woman. Like most platforms that you see, they're set on celebrities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that it's nothing, I have nothing against that. I'm here for the celebrities. You might see one or two in the story on the page every now and then, but I feel like there were so many hard, like working women, black women, yes, just regular women doing things. And, I noticed that 
we all just wanted to be heard or seen, not for attention-seeking purposes, but because we were busting our asses. Yeah. You know, nobody's really recognizing the women that are doing anything until they hit the spotlight. Yeah. And, um, you know, I feel like Black Women Hustle was just that space that we could create to just celebrate those steps, even the smallest little victories, you know. And um, it came about in a... In a weird way, um, I was just talking to a friend, and she was telling me how somebody let her down when she tried to pitch an idea to them, and then they tried to spin it into their own and you mm. know, went through her project the way she wanted to. So Why is that I'm, so common? That is, like, ridiculous. I, Why is everybody biting off of other people's ideas? What is that? Oh, child. If I could tell you the stories behind Black Women Hustling, biting. But... <laughs> <laughs> No, but um, it, it's very common. And the funny you say that because I'm a person who I like dialogue. So mm-hmm. when I get on Facebook, I start asking questions that just, you know, just create some dialogue amongst men and women. But when I asked the question, it was particularly about um, our area and the people around there and why there's so much like scamming and, you know, just disappointment and yeah. when it comes to, to business. And there were so many black women who commented and were like having the same stories and I was just like yeah like no like this is it's ridiculous because I'm a person I don't like frauds right I don't like bad business so I was just like I want to change that narrative and you know as as much as I thought about doing it locally I was just like it I know it reaches further than this like it's not just us It, it could be just us so I was like all right let me let me do something. And that was last fall. So I actually like came up with the idea back then. And I was like, I just want to create like a reliable network of women. Like for us to just come together and actually be able to trust the people that we're working with and know like the people we're working with are actually supporting us. There's no envy, there's no drama, like there's nothing, no attitudes, like you know, anything yes. stereotypical about black women. Like, I want to combat that and create that within this platform that I had in mind. And um, I finally went ahead and started putting things together back around April. And I I started working on an expo I was hosting, and I kind of lost track with it. And then July came, and I was just like, all right, the summer's over. Time to do it. Yeah, I was like, it's time to get to it. And I started, you know, just being consistent with it and child 16,000 people later here we that's crazy here we <laughs> so what did you do when you hit like that 10k mark like what did you do did you go out to eat did you like celebrate were you just at home what happened girl no <laughs> <laughs> I literally like I was watching and that was the longest damn day like I was just like any other day I can watch my followers grow like 100, 150, 200 people per day. That day, it was like one person every 30 minutes. Like, wow. Like, hell is it taking so long? Like, it was taking <laughs> so long. It was killing me. So when it finally hit, I was just like, yes. Okay. Like, girl. Like, and it's, you know, I'm a social media strategist as well. So it was like a, a huge milestone for somebody just getting into both of these things, not just to create a platform, but somebody just getting into social media management and strategy to actually build a platform and reach 10,000 followers in like three months is, you know, it's almost unheard of and organically. I don't do any of the, you didn't buy your followers. Girl, I would buy a follower. Look, anybody do not buy your followers. It's, there's no gain in buying followers. It might look good, but your engagement will be trash. Like, just don't do it. So, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I didn't do anything, but I kept working. Like I, I mm. celebrate in like the smallest ways. I was just like through my little fake confetti child. And right. Okay, so I know you were talking about like uniting women and that you wanted to bring a kind of positive light to it. What do you think about these shows, these reality shows, which like full of talented black women who make a lot of money, but can't seem to get along, can't go to dinner without a drink being thrown, like 
Like how how do you combat that image and when that's all that is really like our young girls are exposed to? These are like the women that they look up to. They look up to the Kim Kardashians and the and the Erica Minas and the and the Alexis Skies and it's like like why? Like <laughs> like how do you help them? Like, how do you use your platform to help those lovely women who just need some direction? I think we help by showing everything that is the complete opposite of those reality shows. And I, I never want to come off like I look down on the people who... Of course want. not. No, you yeah, made yeah. it there. Like, <laughs> congratulations, but you made it. So, like, hold your head high. Like, don't... Yeah tarnish yeah. what you made you know right right and I, I just I never want to come off like I don't like I might entertain the reality shows for about 10 minutes but that's about it like <laughs> I, I can't get my energy to it but what I, I try to do is just show the images that we all need to see like the women who are out here doing things but like I said there's there's nothing stereotypical about it yeah it's the negative light you know what I mean and I I try to show them like there's more, like encourage them and let them know like in spite of whatever it is you're going through, in spite of that situation you're in, like there's always more. And if whenever I have the opportunity, I'll reach out to people personally. Like even if I just put like a question in a story or something, like I'm reaching back out to them because you just never know who needs that talk. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes it might be those people who who thought about going down that similar path, you know, or doing some outrageous shit like that'll like tarnish their name or tarnish their name. Right. I try to tell people like your business like if you are in business keep that business first. Don't get unprofessional for a moment. Like even if somebody pisses you off even if a client I don't care who it is keep it together. Let them go off all they want to like but I'm just not with all of that. Like maybe (laughs) maybe catch me 12 years ago (laughs) but Child. I don't have time. Laying around for her money, right? But, <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I just you know I try to show them that there's it's far more to it, and there are other ways to um, fame if that's what they're after. But there there's just also other ways to be successful exactly. versus you know just showing that type of image on national television. Yeah. Okay, so we're here to talk about fear. So what, like, there's five normal fears, especially among millennials. And the first one is the fear of what people think of you. How did you overcome that fear? Um, let's see. In a sense of, like, who I am and how I act and whatnot, I have always been a person, I feel like I've always had my guard up. Okay. Um, because I've always been judged instantly before people get to know me. Like people see mm-hmm. something, and I'm like, I don't know why the hell you see it, but yeah, <laughs> that's not like, me. <laughs> yeah, like all right, you know, I let you think what you think. Um, okay. but I, I was always the person who never gave a shit. <laughs> so that's good. I, yeah, it it was never a tough thing. Um, only in terms of people who would criticize me for being a you know just a dark girl. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I say dark meaning complexion, but, um, you know, after a while it was just like, why do I care? Like, right. what, what can they do to me? Like you, you literally, you know, someone says something to you, but if you're telling me these things, it's because of a feeling that you, you have, have yeah. yeah, and there's something within you that you need to address. That's not my concern. Exactly. Like clearly if it's something that you still want to spew, I can't help you, you know? So if I've really just, I, I've always had that guard up. So it was just like, if anybody ever tried to come at me in a certain way or, you know, think anything about me or say anything about me, I just, you know, I just don't care. And, you know, I, I know that bothers people more too. It does. It does. So, you know, if you ever want to get on somebody's skin, like, stop giving me <laughs> That's the <laughs> like, first time. They'll go overtime. Yes. And you have to be prepared for that, but you just keep looking the other way like you're crazy. Right. I get right. it. 
All right. And the fear of failing. Like, did you ever once think like, hey, no one's going to no one's looking at my page. Like, why am I posting? I know you said you went through kind of a drought between the beginning of the year and July. Like, how'd you make your how'd you make yourself overcome that? So I actually I started blogging last year. I forget. I started <laughs> blogging last year. I started a blog and uh, you know I started writing for an online publication and um you know some people would just give like some encouraging words and whatnot and then next thing I know it was just like dang I can't think of anything I can't push anything out and I scrapped it. Because I was like, I don't see it going anywhere, you know, and I, I know fear played a, a role in that. Like me just thinking like nobody's going to see it, nobody's going to hear it, I'm shooting yeah. my shot, you know, nothing's working. And then coming back to this, I just, that was just me letting it go because I didn't necessarily have the time. But as I started building it back up with Black on the Hustle and everything started to grow, I started developing that fear of like, oh shit, like what am I going to create? Like, what am I going to post today? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's, when you start posting on social media, you know people are expecting things from you. Like, you know, they expect them to see certain things. And when you can't produce that, it's just like, it's like a brain freeze. And mm. You know, you can't help yourself. Like, yeah, what do you do? Like, you just got to wait until it comes to you. I, I don't believe in forcing anything. Like, I don't force a damn thing. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, it was just a matter of consistency. Okay. And I, I think a lot of people miss that. And it's something so simple. But just being consistent with things. And I, I realize, like, as long as I keep doing what I'm supposed to do and what I know how to do, I'm going to be okay. Like, everything's mm. going to fall into place the way it needs to. Mm. Okay. I like that. Because I know sometimes um, I'm like, Man, I made 30 days of content and there's 31 days in this month. Crap. <laughs> what do I right. what do right. I put on that last day? And I know I will stress for hours on are they even going to like this? Are they going to like just look over it and scroll past it? Checking my data, checking my analytics, make sure my reach is at my goals, you know, things like that. And so for you to just say consistency, that just like makes me feel better. Just woosah. (laughs) It is so necessary. Like I think people really underestimate consistency. And it's funny, I posted a quote yesterday, um, Denzel Washington that said something similar about Mm -hmm. it. Like, you know, if you're not consistent, like you'll never finish. And it's just like when you think of it that way, like it's, it's not that hard, right? Like, yeah. If you, if you stop at any point, that's just that's like you cutting your own rope. Mm. Like you you letting yourself go instead of actually focusing on what's necessary to get where you want to go. Like that moment you stop is that laziness. Like that moment is when you literally start to throw everything away that you worked so hard for. Yeah, I know. I got to a point where I was like, look. You you put months and months of effort into this. I don't think you can stop. Like you don't even have a choice anymore. Like you have to go forward. Like talk about it. (laughs) All right. So how did you how do you get over like your discomfort? I think that's a big thing is like once you get comfortable, you're comfortable. You don't want to change. You don't want to do something different. You don't want to have late night conversations or uh, write that extra blog or take that extra time to go meet somebody or whatever it is. How do you overcome that? How do you un- overcome the discomfort of success? I struggle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I struggle. Um, because my biggest discomfort comes with being in the spotlight. Mm. I am a person, I will tell anybody, and anybody close to me knows this, I like to work in the background. Okay. I can put an extravagant thing together. But the last thing I want to do is be on the microphone or be up front, mm. like front and center. Like I, and that is hella uncomfortable to me because it's not necessarily where I want to be. And it's not a, about me as yeah. an individual. So, I, you know, to me, it's uncomfortable. But everybody's like, you know, this is what you're doing. Like, this is your platform. People have to know. Like, they got to know, like, who's behind it. And I'm just like, okay, I get it. Like, so it's just a matter of a support system. I have one Mm. hell of a support system, and that's one thing I can always say I've had, like, from the jump in everything I've done digitally, 
Mm-hmm. Like even before that, like, just in life in general. But they're two completely different support systems. But they're solid as shit. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't like I can't sit here and say like I just overcome these fears of you know being uncomfortable by myself. But that's a damn lie. <laughs> like, <laughs> like people force me out of my comfort zone for the most part. You gotta twist my arm to get me out of it. Like child, to be on this podcast, sis. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's just what it's about no no man should be an island like you you can't do anything by yourself so nothing (laughs) I can't tell you what I wouldn't like what I would do by myself I don't think I would move like I don't think I would go to work there'd be no reason like be no reason for a lot of the things I do (laughs) that's real oh man okay so we're coming to a close um is there anything that you want your new followers, potential followers, current followers to know about what's going on with your page? Do you have anything coming up? Are you going to give us the secrets to make it to 16K? What do you have? I'm not giving them nothing. <laughs> I am. Um, no, Black on Hustle, we have so much planned for 2019. Okay. And there's just a lot that's unfolded just in the past week alone oh wow crazy yeah it's a lot but um that means it's your season you said what that's that means it's your season this is your time girl look come on confirmation my mom just told me that two hours ago come on yes (laughs) (laughs) but um but no there there are some major things um coming in 2019 we still have the directory which is growing Every yes. week, um, you know, it's a, a huge directory of black women-owned businesses, and we accept women from all industries. We don't care what you do. If you don't see the industry listed, let us know. Like, all we right. can add you in there. You know, women can go to the website and sign up. Um, if they go to our social media page, uh, either on Facebook or Instagram at Black Women Hustle, like, you can find a lot of the women who are in the directories and you know, a lot of people get exposure to those things. So, you know, we plan to do a lot more with the directory just to get people's names out there and let them know, like, instead of you trying to go out and search, you can find these women here. Like, you can find black women to support that can give you all of these resources. That's so, um, I have that coming up and some other things. You got a blog? What's on your blog? So, we have collaborative blogs. Okay. So, there are women who actually have their own blogs and women who just wanted to start getting into blogging. And I, I'm a, you know, I was a blogger myself, so I mm-hmm. believe in giving people opportunities. Um, so if Thank you, go you. To our blog, yes, honey. Thank but, you. We need them. The new ones need them. People really do not understand how much it takes to create a blog. Yeah. It, you question yourself the whole way through. <laughs> I'm telling you. The whole way through. A blog post is work. I don't care what people say. But we have a collaborative blog, and the women talk about everything, relationships, parenting, Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship, marketing, like any and everything, wellness, holistic lifestyle. Like, they they really attack it all, and it's really good content. Like, I try to read each and every blog post that's posted because I get a notification when one's posted. Like, you can actually log in. Like, anybody can create a login for our blog. Oh, and wow. you can follow the people. You can get notifications when it's posted. You can like it. You can comment on their stuff. Like, anybody can come and, you know, just join in the conversations with us. So I definitely recommend anybody who loves a good blog post, follow the blog. And we post them. Anytime there's a post, we are going to share it on social media. You can always get in contact with those bloggers and just reach out to them and follow their content because they don't post everything that they create on Black Women Hustle. Like, they actually have really good content that's on their page. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
So how does it feel to be the connection to all these these women making like making helping make their dreams come true? <laughs> I think I'm just kind of like numb to it because yeah. it's surreal. Yeah, like it, it's not something like people ask, like, "Did you see it getting this big?" Hell no! Like, <laughs> I, I just, I just started, like, you know, a little little platform show. I was trying to do my thing, and next thing I know, like three months later, it's like, boom! All right, he got ten thousand people. Another <laughs> month later, all right, he got sixteen thousand. It's like, wow, yeah, you know. So it's just like I. I don't know. I'm. I try to sit in it, and I posted about it today too. I was like, sometimes yeah. you have to take a step back from your work. You have to take a step back from life and all the shit going on in this world, and you just have to sit in the moment and just take it in. Otherwise, you'll miss it. Like this might not last forever. Like I pray, you know, pray that it turns into something greater, and I know mm-hmm. it will. You know, I put it out there, but it's like you just have to take a moment and just say, like, you know, like. Thank God. Like, I'm just, I'm grateful mm. to be in a place and the confirmation and the appreciation and the, the kind words that come from the stranger. Women, I, I don't know. I never met you a day in my life. And here you come in my inbox telling me how the words I've said have changed your, your perspective on things. Mm. Or I've given you the encouragement to get out here and do what you're supposed to do. I told you exactly how you're supposed to get a certain type of project done like it's I, I don't know like I can't describe <laughs> it <laughs> I, I can't describe the feeling because it's just it's crazy that's like, amazing it's, it's not real to me yet. like I'm just I feel like I'm just here at the moment like I'm doing <laughs> what I'm supposed to do like that's what it feels like yeah. and, you know and they say like when you love what you do it's not work yeah. it, it doesn't feel like it you know like I just feel like I'm in a place doing what I'm called to do. Well, ladies, this is exactly what's on the other side of fear, is this feeling of help. And do you know what? My favorite quote comes from Snoop Dogg, but it's still a good one. He was like, how can I celebrate a game when I got another one coming right back up? So I was like, okay, Snoop Dogg, you're right. You can't sit down and and sit in it too long because you got more work to do. So take a note from him. (laughs) That consistency. Yep, exactly, exactly. Well, thank you so much, LaShawn, for joining us. Um, We're going to hop off of uh, Elioia Radio, um, and we'll talk to you guys later. See ya. Thank you. No problem. You just heard LaShawn from Black Women Hustle on LELU Radio. You can follow Black Women Hustle on Instagram at B-L-K-W-O-M-E-N-H-U-S-T-L-E or visit her website, blackwomenhustle.com to join her business directory, view her blog, and see much, much more. It's my favorite part of the show, In Her Bag, where we introduce you to a new local entrepreneur and we ask them three questions. How did you become an entrepreneur? What's the best part? And what's the worst part? Coming up on this segment of In Her Bag, meet Tatiana, a serial entrepreneur in Atlanta, Georgia. She designs her own clothes and jewelry and has been a brand ambassador for years and has recently opened up her own hair shop. And she is not afraid of failing. She is 21 years old and I caught up with her at a blockchain meetup in Atlanta and I just had to have her on my podcast. Listen to her interview. It's going to inspire you.
By the way, my name's Ellie. Um, all right, so hey guys, welcome back to Ellie Ellie Radio. I am here with Tati, Hello. and she is probably the youngest entrepreneur that I have met this month. And I just wanted to talk to her and help you guys get inspired because you could start at any age. How old are you? I'm 21 currently. And how long have you been doing this? Since I was about 15, 16 years That's old. Amazing. I don't know anybody who starts their dreams at 16 years old. So I am so proud of you already. Um, so I'm here at the Hadathon event, and I just stopped by her booth and was so inspired. I'm already purchasing her hair, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you three questions, okay. and um, after that, you just give me your answer, okay. and then that's going to be it. Okay. All right. All right. So the first question is, um, how did you become an entrepreneur, and so, why? Okay. How did I become an entrepreneur, and why? Okay. Got you. Okay. So. <laughs> I be, how did I become an entrepreneur? Uh, it's simple. I came up with something that I liked and that I wanted, and I put it out for other people to purchase it. It's literally just that simple. You can be an entrepreneur selling candy at school. It is. <laughs> I'm so serious because somebody in school is going to ask the same way they ask you for gum all the time or they want a pencil, start selling them. I can guarantee you, it's a dollar, you'll make some money back. Right. So <laughs> buy everything at Dollar Tree and sell it for a dollar, you'll make your money back so quick. So you can be an entrepreneur at any age. I started because I've never been one to really want to like follow rules. I never really cared for a job. I never really cared to be corporate. Like, my only jobs have been, like, Sephora, like, stuff that's, like, makeup and hair related, you know? Like, it's never been anything, like, corporate. But my dad was very corporate, but my mom was not. She was very much so, do your own thing. Like, you don't need anybody else. Like, this is what you want to do, then do it. So she continually were like, well... Just see if anybody else wants it. If I want it, then somebody else has to want it. Right. And as much as I used to do my mom's hair, she was like, yeah, like, put it out for right. other people. Let's do this. You do yours, great. You know, I was a brand ambassador. I was already selling for other people. So to be able to now sell now for myself was nothing, you know? Cool. All right. So question number two is, what is your favorite part about being an entrepreneur? My favorite part has to be how many people you meet. You're able to build your own connections, your own like not just friends but the people that you meet they real they become like people that you talk to on a day-to-day basis that they come back and they interact with you on social media and you really start to feel like you know them regardless of if you never met them they could be in a whole nother state but it starts to feel like you're really like one in one together and I think that makes it like all the better I'm very personal with my customers and my clientele I feel like that's a bigger part about being an entrepreneur because you can't get in contact with like JaVinci or Giuseppe like right you know like <laughs> I wish you could. I right. ask them for clothes all the time. Right, but you can. But you can when it's pe- like people that are near you, that are just like you. It mm. makes it so much easier to like want to continue to interact. Awesome. You're so inspiring. All right, so the last one is, what is your like worst part about being an entrepreneur? What is the hardest part? What is the thing that like sometimes makes you want to give up but you still push through it anyway? Um, I'm a perfectionist. Okay. So for me, it's never going to be good enough. Okay. Never. <laughs> it's never going to be good enough. And it is, and then it'll hit a point where it's like, okay, this is so much better than the last that I start to feel like, oh my God, this is best. So I had to start being more of a half-full kind of person. Okay. And understanding like, okay, you know, like, I may feel like da-da-da-da about this one, it was wrong, or I, I could have fixed this, or did this better, or whatever, but being able to, okay, now let's... What am I going to do now, yeah. you know? And my dad is that kind of person. Okay. He, he'll say all the time, like, you know, if you get a flat tire, you can cry about it all day, but at the end of the day, your tire is still going to be flat. So. did <laughs> you learn that now? Right. I yeah. just learned that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, you, at the end of the day, your tire is going to be flat, so you have to get it fixed first and then cry about it, you know? Yeah. So it's been more of a, okay, like, how am I going to keep moving forward? How am I going to make it better? And what am I going to do to make it, you know, make myself feel like this is the next level? Awesome. That is so awesome. All right. So how can we find you? What's your website? Okay. Things like that. So you can find me personally at X Tatiana Marie, X-T-A-T-I-A-N-N-A-M-A-R-I-E. And you can also follow my business Instagram where you'll have all the hair updates with the discounts. And you'll actually be able to see the updated pictures of like personalized wigs that I'll sell that I have like just on display. You'll be able to see the updates for those two at Amari & Co. Amari, A-M-A-R-E dot the letter N. <laughs> and uh, my website is shopamericaandco.com. So shop 
Amari, A-M-A-R-E-C-O.com. Do you have anything special coming up that you want to I do. About? So currently, since we have rebranded and reopened everything on our website, it's 20% off. You have also have been a part of that discount. Yay. And um, also, if you get your hair by me and you want to install by me, it is an extra $25 tacked on to whatever it is that you purchase for your hair. So you don't have to go somewhere else and spend $100 after you just got your hair. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm going to be shouting her out everywhere. Thank you so much for being on my radio. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you so much. Welcome back to Ellie Radio. That was Tatiana Marie. And you can keep up with her new hair company and all of her new ventures on her Instagram at amer.inco. That is A-M-A-R-E dot N-C-O. If you would like to be featured in the next episode of Elielia Radio in the In Her Bag segment, please send me an email at my full name, that is White at gmail.com. Here's the spelling, so get your pen and paper ready. E-L-I-E-L-Y-A-H-W-H-I-T-E at gmail.com. I can't wait to hear your stories. It's Ellie Elia Radio. I'm Ellie Elia, and we're back to continue our discussion about fear. Do you ever feel stuck like you could do anything in the world, but you just need a push? Let me introduce you to Ashley Little. She is a serial pusher. She is a mentor, an entrepreneur, an executive, a best-selling author, public speaker, investor, and the co-founder of the nonprofit Sweetheart Scholars. Ashley is accomplished, honey. If you think you can, she already has, and she has already helped others to do it too. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Ashley to discuss more about her best-selling book, Dear Fear, and her chapter, You Can't Have My Power. It's Ellie Elia Radio. I'm Ellie Elia, and we're back to continue our discussion about fear. I'm here with Ashley Little, and we're just going to jump right into her questions. Hi, Ashley. How are you? Hi, I'm doing awesome today. How are you, Ellie? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for asking. Um, so I read your book, Dear Fear, especially your chapter, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, it kind of gave me a kick in the pants uh, as soon as I started reading. So um, I just wanted to first start off with um, how did you come across this opportunity and what made you write um, a chapter called You Cannot Have My Power? Well, I've been following the visionary author Tiana Patrice for a long time, following the movement, uh, the fearless movement, a million fearless so I've been following that and then this past year I said you know it's time for me to write my story mm. so I stepped out and started writing my story because I knew I had a story I'm a very private person but I knew I had a story to tell I knew I had a story to write that could help someone else and my goal was if I could just help one person I will be fine and of course my chapter is dear fear you can't have my power so I talk about different fears that I had to overcome in corporate America in relationships toxic relationships and friendships and you know overcoming my fear of death so I touch on many different areas of my life mm-hmm. where I had to overcome fear and you know push through and endure because the difference between someone who quits is that they quit but so then somebody who's successful is that we continue to push through and endure because we understand that we have to not only embrace the journey but we have to embrace the process as well of course of course um Something that touched me a lot was uh, the lost friendships and relationships. Um, Just how lots of people don't do something 
in fear of losing something so big or what they call big. So what helped you overcome that fear of losing your friendships and relationships and your growth? Understanding that everybody can't go with you to the next level. That when mm. people walk away, you got to let them go. You know, because that means they're not part of your next level. And I had to learn that, knowing that, you know, going through different seasons, going through different storms, that everybody's not meant to be there for the whole journey. Everybody's not a lifetime friend. Some people are seasonal, and some people are there for that season or to get you through certain things in your life. But when they walk away, sometimes we don't want to let go, and we want to hold on to those people, and then it becomes toxic. So just being able to understand that as you continue to elevate, some people are going to fall off, mm. you know. And also understanding that with relationships and toxic relationships, understanding the signs of being in a toxic relationship and knowing when to detach and separate from those things, you know, because I think sometimes we ignore the red flags. We have to pay attention and, 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 and see things for what they are and then know how to move from there. So what was one of your red flags? What's a big red flag for you in any relationship? Is it relationships as far as friendship, were you asking, or just um, let's Let's do friendships first. Okay. Well, basically, you have to, when it comes to friendships, you know, you have to know who's in your corner, okay? And mm. when people walk away, you can't get mad because that means that, that their time is up. I'm always very careful about... Uh, who I let in. You know, you have to be careful of that because you can't share your dreams, your goals with everybody, okay? Sure. And also, be paying attention of who in your circle that is happy for you because people should, if they're not genuinely happy for you and for you getting, you know, being happy and supporting you on whatever you're doing in life, then they're not your friend. And if they're not clapping for you, then you need a new circle. Mm. So you have to pay attention to those things and be careful of people who are clapping for you but not clapping for you in other in other spaces, you know? Mm. You just have to be, you have to know the difference between somebody who's supporting you and then, then somebody who's really competing with you at the end of the day, Ooh. you know? Okay, mm-hmm. okay. And then for relationships, you said you have a different one for relationships. What's that? Well, I mean, it, it just depends, you know, as far as when you... It, I'm going to speak on toxic relationships. You got to okay. know the signs. Okay? Yeah. If somebody's in a different space than you and you're looking for one thing and he's looking for something else, vice versa, that's, come on, that's a red flag. Why mm. put yourself in a situation that you know that you are in two different spaces in life? Why continue to try to make that work? Mm. Because it, it just means that you all are in two different spaces. So you decide. You make the decision whether you want to stick there and see if it's going to continue to if, if, if they're going to change or you walk away and keep moving until you uh, meet the person that's meant for you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you just have to understand those red flags when they're there. And a lot of us ignore those because we, we're hoping that somebody's going to change or we try to, or we see the potential, you know? Mm. We, we're looking at potential instead of looking at reality. Yep, yep. That is a big thing. It's hard to, especially when you're when you're young, it's hard to... Uh, decipher between the two. Uh-huh. Very, very uh-huh. true. And toxic relationships just don't have to be in a relationship personally. They can be in your job, in your mm. family. You know, you just got to pay attention. You got to understand when you see those toxic signs and know how to move from there. But it just don't have to just be in a boyfriend and girlfriend relationship. It can be, like I said, in corporate America. It can be in family. You know, it's so many, it's so many different levels of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like discomfort is, like, the theme here. When you're uncomfortable in a situation, that means it's it's propelling you or trying to tell you something. Um, is that something that you believe, or is that, um, how? like, what are your thoughts on discomfort? Discomfort is good. When you're uncomfortable, it's good to be uncomfortable. We don't like to be uncomfortable. I write about that in my book. Mm-hmm. Being uncomfortable helps get you to that next level. It's good for us to be uncomfortable. We don't like to be uncomfortable. Have I always liked being uncomfortable? No, but it was necessary. The crushing is necessary for me to get to the next level. I'm in uncomfortable things right now, but it's good because it's helping me grow and it's helping me get to the next level, you know? So I Mm. tell everybody, embrace 
being uncomfortable. We don't like it. None of us like it, but Mm-mm. we have to. It's necessary. Yes. <laughs> I think um, discomfort is probably, for me, the sign that I know I'm doing something right. Like, um, if things seem like really, really hard, I'm like, ooh, tomorrow, girl, you got a blessing coming because yeah. it was it was hard today. <laughs> yeah. So um, what kind of encouragement can you give people when they are in those uh, uncomfortable situations? What do you do to, like, you know, push yourself? What do you tell yourself in those moments? You just have to, I'm a big person on fighting on your knees. Like, if it wasn't mm. for my faith, I would have gave up a long time ago. But it's, you know, my faith to put God first and trust in the process, trusting that he will take care of things. And just fighting on your knees and embracing that is what I would tell everybody. And don't be afraid to fail. You know, I think a lot mm. of us are wanting to be perfect. But no, if you fail, get back up, dust yourself off and do it again. That's part of the process. I don't know one successful person that has not failed. So I would tell anybody, just jump out there you know, and take those risks and step out on faith. Mm. Um, can you tell us about a time that you stepped out on faith? I know you mentioned several times in your chapter. Yes. Is there one that you would like to uh, highlight particularly? Yes, traveling across the world, you know, my career, stepping out on faith in different states, you know, mm-hmm. I've a lot of different places. I've been all around the world as I continue to grow and things in my career. I've taken some risks. I've stepped out on some different very different levels and have I have they always felt good no you know I've enjoyed my journey thus far you know the good times and the bad but uh, they've all helped me get to the next level they've all helped me continue to grow and mature and one thing I will say is if you don't pass the test the first time he's gonna see he's gonna God will put you through the test again until you pass you know yes he will (laughs) we have to understand that you know but I've taken plenty of risks and I'm I'm a risk taker I love taking risks Sometimes I, I scare myself, but hey, that's one thing you won't ever know until you jump. You won't know what's on the other side until you just take the jump. And you got to ignore what people say about you. You have to ignore those distractions because they're going to talk about you when you're doing good, and they're going to talk about you when you're doing bad. So you better well just do it. Yeah. You do it scared to do it anyway. And you mentioned distractions. How do you yeah. deal with that? Like, what are some distractions for you, and how do you just push them to the side, say, no, I got something better to do. Well, you know, I always tell, I'm a big believer in, you know, when you get close to your blessing, the devil will try to attack you. Mm. He'll, send, he'll send things to, to people that you're close to. He'll send, he'll, you know, just different things to try to get to you. And that's how you know that something big is about to happen. You know? Mm-hmm. He'll send those texts. And you just have to ignore those things. You know, whatever you're going through in life, just understand that when you get close to your blessings, that distractions will come. But you got to stay focused. You got to stay strong. But you can you can pass that test, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. As you elevate, as you elevate, new levels bring new devils. Mm. Say it again. <laughs> Say it again. Because, I mean, um, that it's just truth. It's truth. I haven't heard anybody say anything different than what you're telling me right now um you also were talking about uh other people's opinions i know that's embarrassment is a big fear especially for um millennials uh because we're not used to failing uh what or or being embarrassed or being judged so hard because everything is on social media people watch you fail they can see you jump for something and miss and they'll make fun of you like how would you what would you say to those people who are afraid of those moments you have to continue to stay focused and push through regardless so many people what you know people sometimes you have those people that just wait for you to you know or wait for you to fall off you know mm-hmm. but i always said put your trust in god you trust god and you trust the process He'll make, and I'm, I'm, I, my faith is strong. So he'll make a, he'll make your enemies at peace with you, mm. and he'll prepare a place for you in the presence of your enemies. So he'll always work things out for your good, no matter who somebody might do or say against you. He'll work it out in your favor. Trust in him, and you let him trust, and you let him guide the way. And that's what I would tell mm. anybody. 
You know, you have to stay focused on what your purpose is and what you got to do in life. Because honestly, if they ain't talking about you, you ain't doing nothing. Mm. True. True. That means like you're not giving them anything to talk about. And I think that is, that's the big one. That's the big one right there. Um, you have some new projects that you have coming out. Um, tell us about your new uh, leaps of faith. Well, I move in silence, so I can't disclose some things. But what mm-hmm. I have, I do have one that I just, just released two days ago, a Girlfriend Collective, the Girlfriend Code Volume 1. And that's a book that's uh, about, you know, different stories about, you know, girlfriends and how to uplift and connect and support with your girlfriend and understanding the different codes. And I talk about the seasonal code and, you know, how just what we just talked about, how you have to when it's time for people to let go, you got to let them go and that people come in your life in different seasons and you can't be upset when they, when their time is up. We have to look at that as a positive thing and embrace the journey, embrace that and continue to move forward mm. in what we have going on and understand that, that God will send you the people and divine connections and the people that you're going to need as you continue to grow and get to the next level. Okay. And then, of course, I can't tell you, but that's all I'm going to say about my new book, but if you want to know more, please go support and buy the book. It will be out in January of 2019. Okay. Where can we purchase this book from? You will be able to purchase it from me. Um, you can reach out to me through Instagram at underscore Ashley A. Little or Facebook at Ashley Little. And then we will have some on Amazon, too. All right. Thank you so much, Ashley. Is there anything, any words of wisdom, anything that you want to leave our listeners today? I, I would say for everyone, jump. Don't be afraid. Do it scared. Do it anyway. And understand that our storms come to develop us. And if... The door doesn't open, build your own, and create your own opportunities. Mm. Create your own opportunities. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. I appreciate your time. Yes, thank you for the opportunity. All right. Of course, of course. Well, we'll talk later. All right. Thank you. All right. Okay. That was Ashley Little on Ellie Elga Radio. You can learn more about Ashley and purchase her book, Dear Fear, as well as keep up with all of her new ventures on her Instagram and her Facebook. Her Instagram is at underscore Ashley A. Little. Welcome back to Ellie Elia Radio. I'm Ellie Elia, and I'd like to thank you for listening to this very, very special episode about fear. Join me next month as we discuss imposter syndrome and its debilitating effects here on Ellie Elia Radio. If you have had to or would like to overcome imposter syndrome and would like to appear as a guest, please contact me through my website. Ellie Elia, that's E-L-I-E-L-Y-A-H dot squarespace dot com. I can't wait to hear your stories. And thank you again for listening. This is Ellie Elia. And remember to always create your own hype. And if you create the right noise, the right people will join in. Have a great day.